Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. It's very sad. I actually was was like, oh, this is not funny at all. And so, of course, I did not do this. But I was like, I feel like the tagline to our show should be, you know, predicting the overturn of Roe since 2016. Because we really have. It's not a joke. I I was like, I I won't write it down. I'll just write it on my notepad. And that'll be an idea that I don't tell anyone. (laughs) Except then I said it. Anyone who's watched Full Frontal with Samantha Bee has been aware of the right wing's full-blown assault on women's rights. Nonetheless, leaked word that the Supreme Court is indeed about to overturn Roe v. Wade still hit Bee and her team hard, just like the rest of us. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, we talk to Samantha Bee about hosting a topical show in an era where the news is so bleak. We also talk about the adjustments her show made during the pandemic, some permanent, and even what the change in ownership at TBS might mean for her. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Samantha Bee's bread and butter is putting a humorous spin on topical stories, but sometimes the headlines are so disturbing that she has to hit them head on. We need gun reform. We need to ban assault weapons. We need stronger background checks. And we need to eliminate immunity for gun manufacturers who absolutely have blood on their hands. It shouldn't be harder to buy baby formula than it is to buy an AR-15. And people in this country should not have to live in fear of going to school or church or the grocery store. If motherfuckers like Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis can keep books out of schools, they can do something about guns. But we all know the real truth. They don't actually care. Full Frontal with Samantha Bee was in a dark week when the news first broke of a draft decision by the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Bee says she's ultimately glad she had the week to prepare for her response on the show. Bee's proud of Full Frontal's take on big issues like women's rights and sensible gun legislation, and she's also proud of everything the show does in the women's health space. I recently spoke to her about how she and the show are holding up these days in the wake of all this news, on top of the pandemic pivot the show found itself in. I began with some logistics questions, as Full Frontal had moved to Thursdays, and I was curious when the show was actually taped. We record on Thursdays now, so we can be, you know, kind of like during the pandemic, we were doing with like a 24-hour lag because mm-hmm. we just had to for our technical process. But now, as like I know that people who are listening to this can't see, but I do have my false eyelashes on. And so <laughs> I just came from I just came from the studio now. It's Thursday afternoon. So the schedule is that we record now early in the morning because we don't have a studio audience. So we can kind of record. We don't have to wait for people to fill the audience, which we would normally in the in a past life. We had to wait for everybody to get off work, and now we don't have to yeah. do that. We can kind of be guided by our own schedules, which is really nice. So we just do – we just, like, blitz the technical stuff on Thursdays. Yeah. And we get back into the business of next week's show starting Friday morning as when our second act of next week's show 
really gets in place. So then we do like a read through on Fridays that gets refined kind of over the weekend and Monday. Then we figure out what our most topical part of the show is going to be. We figure that out on Tuesday. It's a weird disjointed kind of schedule, but it really works yeah. for us. Yeah. And then, and then news happens on Wednesday and then, and then news her. happens. Yeah. And then news happens at 9 PM on Wednesday and we go, Jesus Christ, stop it. And I uh, have to rethink everything, yeah. <laughs> you know, as everyone does, as you do. Such is such is the life. Well, such how's is the, life. So the new studio is that how, mm. how far away is that from your house? Is it sort of an easier commute? Like we're kind of all over the place right now because my kids are our studio is just a little bit outside town. So, mm. but my kids are in school in the I really primarily live in the city. So I'm just kind of like ping ponging all over the place. Like yeah. I'm at the house, Jason's at the apartment, the kids are at the apartment. They then we switch places. Then one of us gets COVID, and then we really switch places. <laughs> or like one of us is like a cast out of the family for a little while. <laughs> it's still yeah the the COVID uh, existence. Oh is my god! It's, yeah, yeah, and and it's been uh, it's been a trend this this spring for every talk show host to get COVID. So I know, it's, it's I know, the cool kids. The cool, I haven't, it hasn't happened to me yet, actually. I don't, I haven't. Knock on wood. So I don't even know anymore. My husband had it and I somehow remained, although we did. I mean, I said we banished him. Like we put a bell around his neck and we made him leave our family (laughs) quite a while. We were like, we'll see you later. We'll see you in 10 days. Exactly. And after you (laughs) test negative five times, that's right. We'll let you back into the family. Perhaps we will show you some love. So it's clearly things aren't completely back to normal, obviously, without a studio audience. Mm-hmm. Is that still like how how long do you think it'll be until you bring back an audience or is that permanent? I think it's a permanent change for us. Yeah. It's actually works really. I don't feel there's a part of me that misses, you know, having people clap. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's and, and- real. But I actually don't think that the experience of watching the show is really guided by that. And it never really was. So that is something that I was really happy to put to rest on a more permanent basis. Like it really, it fits into my schedule so much better to tape in the morning. (laughs) Just do it that way. It's actually like a lifestyle change and kind of a show change that we all went, wait a minute, why would we, why would we go back to the way it was before when we shared a giant space, like a big soundstage with six other shows and it was really complicated and difficult. Why don't we just, we could make, we could make a change here. We could make our processes a little easier and more life friendly. Yeah, all about the balance. Don't no, you? No, you you are, and and that's actually been a hallmark of your show, which mm-hmm. uh, and, and you know something that you have set from the the, the top down yeah. in terms yeah. of family leave and and a lot of the the things that you've really pioneered on this show. So so. You know, we talk a lot about mental health and God mm-hmm. after the past, I was going to say two years, but really the past six years, let's be honest. Six we, years. And isn't it just an ongoing journey? Because every day is a new, <laughs> fresh wound. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get to that. Okay. Because it's, it's, been, mm-hmm. it's been quite a time. Yeah. But, but yeah, talk about how important that's been for you to sort of set that tone on the show. And, you know, that's really meaningful to, to the people who work for you. Of actually having a life. Well, you know what? It's just important. <laughs> I don't know. There's no, there's no magic to it. I just, I need that for myself. And so I would expect that people also share those values. Like I, you know, over the course of the show, 
like issues emerge. Like it's not like we had a family leave policy until someone at the show got pregnant and was like, oh, I'm having a baby. And we were like, wait, oh, well, what's our family leave policy? And it was like, oh, we don't, well, we never really had to have one until like this very moment. So let's break that down. Like, what does that mean now? So what, how can we structure something? Like, how can we get cooperation among all these entities that put the show on the air? How can we, how can we leave the world in a slightly better place than it was when, like, when I started or when I was having babies and I was on camera, you know, there wasn't very, there wasn't very much in place because nobody really thought about it all that much. I'm like, well, it's time to think about these things. And I do like, I don't know, people need a break. They need to have a weekend. People need to like, not have me slacking them at midnight. (laughs) People need that. (laughs) I need it. If I need it, they definitely need it. Yeah. Yeah. And and do you find that's also partly just because of, you know, the subject matter that you have to really dive into on the show and 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 some of just, you know, and, and being so tuned in to what's going on in the world that there's this added level of stress and anxiety, maybe that kind of permeates that like we're all feeling, but when you're really dealing yeah. with that kind of stuff every day, I imagine it's really heightened. You definitely can't. It's not like, listen, we're not, you know, we're still just like observing the news cycle. We're not, it's not necessarily affecting us every moment of the day, the way that it's affecting everyone else, but we can't turn our attention away from the news and what is happening out there. That is, that is true. So, you know, giving yourself a pause, stepping back from social media, stepping back from the news cycle is not something that is, it feels like a precious gift. So you have to take those opportunities where you find them. And on hiatuses, I'm always like, please don't, nobody's lack. (laughs) Just like stop communicating. You don't need to have like a great idea when you're on vacation. You could write them on a pad and then you can share them on Monday, on the Monday when we get back. Yeah. We have to all be talking the whole time. How how did we do these things before Slack? Right. You waited the next meeting. You wait till the next meeting. It's totally fine. It's totally okay. I like it. Well, it does does feel like we're going back to the future in in many. <laughs> oh my god, and uh, back to the past. Don't forget about that. We're also going very far back. We're going very way back, very far back. The way back machine. Yeah, and you know it goes without saying that you know anyone who's watched Full Frontal has has been well aware of the subject going on in the Supreme Court and the mm-hmm. issue of women's rights. And, and this is nothing new. But nonetheless, when that leaked verdict came out, and, yeah. and I know you guys happen to be off the week that it came out, but mm-hmm. which gave you time to really sort of prepare on, on how you were going to react to it. But nonetheless, I'm sure you were sort of bracing for this, but it was still just still sort of just unnerving for that to come out. It was so it's it's very sad. I actually was was like, oh, this is this is not funny at all. And so of course I did not do this, but I was like, I feel like the tagline to our show should be, you know, predicting the overturn of Roe since 2016. Because we really have. <laughs> right. I mean like right. it's but it's not it's not a joke. I mean it's it's not a joke. I, I was like, I won't write it down. I'll just write it on my notepad. And that'll be an idea that I don't tell anyone. <laughs> Except <laughs> then I said it today. But we've, you know, we've covered it so much through the years. We've talked about it so, so much, always with an eye to, you know, this is a real war against women. It's a real backlash against 
against people who are female. <laughs> and I really feel it. And I we we're all so sad. I'm actually glad that we didn't have to do a show that exact week. But of course, we're covering it among other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you just, were you, you were there at the Supreme Court when like the, the argument started way last yeah. year. So yeah. so yeah, and, and went on the road. I mean, this is so yeah, as you said, from the very beginning of the show, yeah. uh, this has been something that you've warned everyone about and yeah i will uh, continue to i mean uh, and we'll continue to cover it we'll just continue to fight and cover and somehow make jokes and try to make ourselves feel better try to self-soothe but there's really nothing uh i don't see a lot of goodness on the horizon I'm talking to a lot of people now who are quite hopeless, like people who I would turn to for advice or people who I would turn to to make me feel better. You know, sometimes you can just, sometimes if you're just talking to like the right blend of experts, you'll kind of walk away going, I know, now I know more than I knew when I initiated that conversation. And I do feel a little better because I think somebody's, somebody's got it under control. Like it's going to be fine. And no one I'm talking to has, is offering me that, yeah. <laughs> is, is offering me that comfort right now. That's, that's hard to hear, honestly. Sorry. <laughs> but it's the truth. I know. I know. Yeah. And, and that's a question that I know you got a lot during the Trump years. And of course, mm -hmm. when Trump left office, there was this hope that, well, okay, maybe we can get back to a little sense of like not having this permanent anxiety that we all experience. Mm -hmm. But anxiety never really went away. And that means not being able to take your foot off the, the pedal and, and, mm -hmm. you know, still, you know, having to sort of go down all of these paths and, and, you know, do, do the show that you were doing during the Trump years as well. Was that this disheartening or did you sort of always sense that, well, this is just, this is the new normal and these things are, are, the, the, yeah, the end of I democracy mean, is still happening. The end of democracy is still happening. He definitely put some, you know, pulled some really big levers that have undone a lot of the gentlemen's agreements that this country was really built on. <laughs> yeah. And so we're living with the consequences of that and also emerging from a, like a full two plus year pandemic, which is you know, been so gripping and dealing with this like massive national grief and like our rights are being stripped away seemingly from under us. And so there's a lot to contend with. And then you make jokes on top of that to just try to like achieve some kind of catharsis or something, or just yeah. like find some common ground with people who feel the same way as you do, that the world is just like so crazy. And you have to sometimes just share your, your laughter, your anger, or like whatever it is with people who are, are like-minded. Like, it's not like I make the show and go, I'm really going to change a lot of people's minds today. <laughs> folks. This is it. <laughs> right. This it's, is the one. <laughs> it's, it's, it's group therapy in a way. Yeah. yeah we're kind all of. in this together. And yeah, yeah. That, that was the second half I realized of my question was basically, oh. I know you got tired of that question during Trump and hopefully that question was going to go away that the sort of, you know, how do you make it funny? But we still live in an era where the big yeah. question is, how do you, what is that balance? And, you know, the, the jokes become more morbid, but at least they are still, we all still need to cope somehow. And humor obviously is a, yeah. a key way to cope. That's like, that's my coping mechanism. I don't really have any others. I don't really have any other skills in that regard. I don't have like, <laughs> I don't have like a great regimen of self-care that helps me through. I just have the ability to like laugh about things that are so dark. You know? and, oh my God, Sam, I realize, and I apologize just as you're looking at your experts to try to make you feel better. I think I'm oh, just- you 
I'm here to me? try to make Sam make me feel better. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. But I really apologize. <laughs> you aren't making me better? feel better. Though. I'm baking a cake while we do this. Does that make you feel better? Cakes are great. Baking. I made I made some great guacamole this morning. So we're do we do do the things we do and and we can, we can always nourish ourselves. That's the one thing we can do. And by the way, when you do, when you have like, you know, peaches come by and destroy the, the set. Yeah. You yeah. Know, those are fun moments. After the break, more from Samantha B. From Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. We're chatting with Full Frontal with Samantha B, host Samantha B, about producing and hosting her show in these uncertain times. As we pick up, I'm asking her about some of the segments she's most proud of over the past year. I'm proud of our gun-related coverage. That's more timely than ever. I'm always proud of anything we do in the women's health space. We actually did a great couple of segments about menopause, which is like no one ever talks about that. And that was that really resonated with a lot of people who watch the show talking about stuff that is kind of a for, not a forbidden topic but just no one ever brings it up it's always a pleasure yeah that felt oh, good that's a good point i mean and and topics that everyone knows about everyone yeah. talks about but you never see people conversing about it on tv yeah Sometimes you need to, it's like when you introduce a new food to a child, all the pediatricians are like, you have to introduce, like if you want your child to love red peppers, you have to introduce red peppers 65 times to your child to get them to accept the reality that red peppers exist and they should eat them. (laughs) That's how I feel about certain subject matter. Yeah. I actually did a list of all the stuff, all of the material we've done over the past few years in the space of women's health. And it is so, there are, we've talked about so many different issues and I'm so proud of all that coverage through the years. It's been like seven years of just really handling stuff that no one else can really handle in the same way. And that's a legacy that uh, makes me extremely proud. Yeah, I will yeah. beat my chest about that a little bit. No, and and you should, and that's a reminder of you know how important it is that there are so still so few women in late mm-hmm. night and doing so these few. kind of shows, and mm-hmm. with with you know the kind of perspective where you know the the guys in late night aren't going to think about that. It's just not yeah. on their mind. So yeah. so so so. Nor should they really. I don't really want to see Stephen's menopause segment. I mean, it's sure <laughs> to be awesome. Right, right. It would just be a little different. So good. Different. A little different. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And Corden would rap about it. Really? (laughs) And we'll love it. We'll eat it up. It'd be cute. Beautiful confection. But just be different. Yes. But yeah, like you mentioned, you should also be proud, clearly, of your your, uh, conversations on guns and your specials on guns. And, you know, clearly an important subject that we're talking about now, at least at this moment, because of Mm -hmm. the massacre of the tragedy. Of course, that will eventually pull back and we'll stop talking about it again until the next massacre happens. But nonetheless, the other question that I know we ask you and your colleagues a lot, but I know it never gets easier is on days and weeks like that, it's got to be extra tough to talk about that, to go on camera and to sort of 
you know, sort of share your emotion and, and share your thoughts. It does make you feel like, I mean, listen, it's nothing compared to what is actually happening in the world. So I'm not gonna, I can't even compare it to the pain of like real people who are living yeah. painful, tragic experiences. But it is, certainly it takes you, it's a bit more vulnerable than an average kind of performance of something. So if you feel passionately about it, we're also very sad. We're observing this just this tragedy unfold and you have to gird your loins for it a little bit, but it's like, what else would you, I don't know. I can't imagine, I can't imagine living in the world, being a topical show and not talking about it and not speaking from the heart and speaking in that way. There's, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Like it just, it's tired. Like you don't want to, you don't want to live in a world where people are being killed in this way with, so it's complete insanity. And so we just deal with it in the only way that we can. These are this is my only skill set. I can bake birthday cakes and I am, and I am doing that as we are speaking to each other. But my only real skill set is is handling topical material from yeah. a personal perspective. So yeah, it's like you to go into the studio, it's not like victory lap, let's do it. Let's let's put on some music and do this act. It's we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna really nail it. You go in, you're like, can I can I not cry for eight minutes? Okay, let's yeah. see. Okay, all right, let's do it again. Like, let's do it. You know, like let's find a way through this. That I don't know. Yeah, and I think that that's probably when it really does help to also not have that studio audience. It is a little more intimate, where you you can sort of talk to the camera. And for sure, there is a you know there is like an interesting though. Actually, I will say what I do miss about a studio audience is there's a community. There is like a there's a communal experience of it. And so that actually would have, in a way, been very helpful to have people there because everybody's in, you know, you're kind of shell-shocked all together and it can feel like a kind of a communion with yeah. the people. So I do, I do miss that. I yeah. do miss that part of it. Yeah, no, no, that, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So, well, how, you know, obviously the the year or so of, of uh, the, the pandemic where you did mm-hmm. the show remotely, yeah. So, so we kind of saw a lot of how you spent your pandemic, but mm-hmm. did you pick up any new hobbies? Did you, uh, <laughs> are you, you have a new skill set? How, how, uh, outside of what we saw on television, how did you sort of uh, handle the, the past? Well, we years? became survivalists. Well, we actually did. <laughs> we did not become survivalists, but we did, we did do a lot of gardening. I know a lot of people did, but we were definitely like, we seem useless. Like, (laughs) we don't know how our food gets made or (laughs) like, what would we do if we couldn't get certain things? So we did become, I think we learned how to, we actually really grappled with our garden. We did a lot of that stuff. We were like very outdoorsy. There was nowhere to, we definitely learned that we can, we're okay with sitting outside in like, sub-zero temperatures in a parka eating chicken Caesar salad at restaurants. <laughs> that, that felt like victory. <laughs> we gardened a bit. We, it was, you know, we all, it's not like I learned how to make sourdough bread or anything like that, but I definitely think that we made a lot of stuff and shared a lot of time together. And that was, that had its own, that was yeah. lovely. Yeah, no, definitely. Especially fam, fam, one of the benefits, one of the the silver linings was spending more time with family, mm-hmm. being at home and, and doing those kind of things. And we forced uh, our kids to help make the show. And that was kind of fun too, because they, 
They actually were really good at it and they were really, really helpful. My youngest daughter is like, listen, I think I can do your makeup now. And I think you should let me. And I'm like, I don't believe you. <laughs> okay. Maybe. They, they, they have formed a union though. So they have, and they should have formed a union because yeah. we were, our work practices were not healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm glad they're doing okay. Uh, you know, an, another question for you, since mm-hmm. obviously you're on TBS, and I don't know if you heard, there's some changes. Wait, something's some changes happening. Afoot. Something's afoot. <laughs> you got a you got a new boss. You you have yes. a, a, a vest loving boss, yep. uh, Mister Zaslov, and there are some changes yeah. coming to to that world. Um, how is that affecting you? Have you do you sense that things may change, that you may end up eventually being an HBO Max show, or, or has, has anyone sort of communicated? I don't, really, I don't really have any sense yet. I actually think it's all pretty, it's all really new. And I think they're like, you know, when you have like a functioning show that's kind of like firing on all cylinders, you're not like a super huge priority, which is fine. I've certainly met some of the people who are, you know, who are in our world now and they're lovely, but we haven't no process has been discussed or anything like that. So I think we're a little down the list because we're still chugging along yeah. over here. But it is Guy Fieri who's making the cake in the other kitchen. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, of course, this is what synergy is. This is how we do things. <laughs> Indeed, at the Warner Brothers Discovery. That's right. I have, I'm having an upfront in my kitchen right now. <laughs> it's such a good one. Yeah, I was I was at that up front a couple weeks ago and again did not get COVID. So good for you. Small Gil. victories. Small That's, victories. I'll take it. All right. So Sam, I've got quick lightning round questions for you. Okay. They're they're easy. First question is what is the question that people ask you the most right now? Oh, what do people ask me the most? What do people ask me the most? That's interesting. I'd still get the question, what's it like to be a woman to be a woman in late night television? I always get that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't know. I'm seven years in. I feel like I think I should ask someone new. Maybe one day there will be someone new. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And you can ask them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very true. The TV show in history you wish you were a part of. Carol Burnett. Mm-hmm. Mm. I yeah. love doing sketch. I love it. I love it so much. And uh, I would have, oh my God, if I could just go back in time. Or the Golden Girls. I could be like... I could be one of the, I could be the fifth golden girl, the fifth you golden. You wouldn't be one of the four? Like you, you don't have a, a pick? No, I can be like a, I could be like a neighbor. Yeah. I don't have to be the original. Like, I don't want to mess with perfection, but I could be like, you know, down the lane. Just drop on by and hang Just out. Just drop on by. Yeah. yeah. Someone who uh, lives in the, I could live in the attic. Yeah. Hang out in the lanai. Totally. Uh, the ladies mm-hmm. have some cheesecake. Perfect. Yep. What would people be surprised you watch? A, a guilty pleasure of yours. Hmm. I don't ever feel guilty about any of my television consumption. Okay. I don't feel guilty about it. That's a product there for me to consume. And I am not ashamed. What have I been watching? I've been watching Stranger Things with my kids. That's not a guilty pleasure. I watch a lot of cooking shows. Is that, and I don't feel guilty about it. I've watched, I've watched Great British Bake Off on repeat. Like I've watched, I know all the players from every season. Is that, and I don't feel bad about that. Not one bit. Not okay. one bit. Don't feel guilty. Don't I feel don't. guilty. That's not a waste of time. That's a good use of my time. Yeah. All right. So maybe we've already talked about this, but a hobby you'd be doing if you didn't have your day job. Sounds like maybe some gardening, some cooking, some baking. Oh, I would be, I would be cooking. I'd be cooking. Yeah. I probably, yeah, that's what I would be doing. 
For sure. For sure. What's your favorite food to cook? What uh, do you have a, a dish, a, a specialty? I do love to bake. I do. I love it. Even like it's my husband's birthday tomorrow. And he was like, you don't have to make me a cake if you don't want to. And I was like, I've got 40 minutes. Let me put some layers together. Like I love, I love it. I love it so much. I find it so relaxing. The more, the busier I am, the more I want to bake and use my hands. I find it to be the most effective meditation for me. It gets me right out of the news cycle. It gets me right out of my head. It's great. It's like measuring and science and fluffiness. And then a delicious treat at the end. Something right at the end. Yeah. God willing. God willing. (laughs) And finally, besides your show, what are you rooting for this uh, Emmy season? What am I rooting for? Oh, God. What did I? There was something I loved so much. Oh, shoot. What was it? Oh, no. What was it about? Shoot. What was it? What am I rooting for? Was it like uh, one of the true true crime shows that now dominate? Sorry, I'm so bad at this. I can't (laughs) ever think about the TV products that I love. What am I going to root for? I mean, this is like a very real and deep question to me. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much. There's there's too much TV. Did there's to watch like uh, the Dropout? You know, Elizabeth Holmes show? No, no, because I watch shows that I've already seen like one thousand times. Well, I'm sorry. I'm blanking out. I'm blanking out on everything I liked this season. Let me root for, oh my God. I'm sorry. I can't think of a single, you asked me a question and now I can't think of a single name <laughs> like, of a spot. single television show. I don't know what happened. You're like oh the God. Cosby show. Oh wait, no. Wait, <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, I that love that on? show. <laughs> so good. So good. Wait, is I think you hey. should leave up for anything? Because <laughs> I vote for that. Okay. That show has brought me more joy than, yes. and that is something we have on, keep on repeat in this yeah. family also. Okay. That's a, that's a good, that's uh, a good choice. Tim Robinson. I always, always we have so much love in our family for Tim Robinson. All right. Well, perfect. We'll leave it at that, Sam. Right. That's Samantha B host of full frontal with Samantha B airing Thursday nights on TBS. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. The Award Circuit Podcast is edited by Drew Griffith and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Emmy predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. Until next time, for Jazz Tanke, Emily Longaretta, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit.